Recipe Club game is live on Major Domo Discord. Cook along, send us your photos to get featured on the Recipe Club Instagram and win Major Domo Gold. We're also releasing the recipes a week ahead of time so you can cook along with the wedgies. Visit us at MajorDomoMedia.com and uh, follow the link and try to figure out how to, how to join Discord. And again, there's all the kinds of wonderful discount codes to Athletic Brewing, comment to your coffee any day. And of course, all things Momofuku. Got a lot of good products coming out for Momofuku. You can visit us at uh, Target, Whole Foods, places nationwide. Yeah, let's get on to the show. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Vital Farms. No matter how you like your eggs scrambled, over easy, or sunny side up, the people at Vital Farms believe in one thing, keeping it bullshit free. That's why their pasture-raised eggs come from hens who each have over 108 square feet of space to roam and forage all year round. So you can spend less time questioning your food and more time enjoying it. Look for Vital Farms in your grocery store and learn more at vitalfarms.com. Vital Farms, keeping it bullshit free. Welcome to the Dave Chang Show, part of the Ringer Podcast Network, presented by Major Dome Media. Thank you, Yola Tango, as always. We never got a chance to finish talking about my trip to Taiwan. It's my second t- time to Taiwan. The last time I was there, I think the night market, wherever, which one I was at, was much more massive. And it started in the daytime. And I, I just remember the smell of stinky tofu everywhere. Um, a lot less stinky tofu this time around. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But I was there for a week. I barely scratched the surface. I was spent a day in Tainan. Um, and I have a lot of thoughts about Taiwan. First of all, it was my first trip outside, of, well, second outside of Mexico. My only knowledge of Taiwanese food are from my Taiwanese friends. Mm-hmm. right? And there's a lot of Taiwanese restaurants, but less so now than there were, say, a decade plus ago in the SGV LA area. There's some stalwarts. There's some beef noodle uh, places. I think most people, if you think, what is Taiwanese food? What do you think they're like the top three, four or five dishes would be? Three cup chicken, Taiwanese beef noodle soup, the breakfast stuff, fan tuan. Um, what else? Oyster omelets. Oyster omelets. Stinky tofu. Stinky tofu. Honestly, like, I think that covers most of like what people would really think about having. Uh, Lou Rofan, like the minced meat over rice. Thing. Oh, that's oh, that. Yeah. I never saw any three cup <laughs> chicken <laughs> when I was there. I, I was like, fuck, man, I just want some three cup chicken. <laughs> the only minced beef over rice, beef over rice was at 7 <laughs> Eleven at the hotel buffet. But you don't want to eat that for breakfast. Mm-hmm. And I didn't get any Taiwanese shaved ice. So all the things that like I know, and I had boba one time. Mm. Can I be honest? Some of the things that I tasted, is this sacrilegious for me to say? I enjoyed more. I'm not going to say it was better. I enjoy it more in the, uh, in the States, the state mm. version. I went to Din Tai Fung. I've been to Din Tai Fung so many times. Mm. Din Tai Fung used to be my personal canteen in Australia because there was one next door to Momofuku Seibo. I've eaten more meals <laughs> at Din Tai Fung than most people, really. I got to say, uh oh. It wasn't as good. <laughs> Didn't I find though classically varies greatly from yeah, one to the next? Yeah, we went to like the spot. And the by the OG. way, what I did admire was goddamn the operation. Holy fuck, man. I didn't see it. You don't see any of this shit in America when I say about Didn't I Fung. They give you a number for waiting. Like you don't even get to sit down. They give you a number because it's walk in only, and then it's two three, four, five, six, and it stops at there. And each number of two top is your board. So if you're two people, you're on the number of 200, 201. Oh my God. They take your number and they send you the menu. Mm-hmm. So you can pre-order while you're waiting. It gives you an update about your time. Mm. I was like, this That's is a genius. And I spent so, I was like, I just spent so much money. <laughs> I spent so much money. I mean, it's genius because when are you hungriest? Standing in line, waiting for your goddamn number to come up. Oh, man. 
so much damage was done <laughs> to the point where, again, we, uh, we didn't, we, we weren't with anyone that spoke Taiwanese. The uh, Ding Taifung, and I fucking love Ding Taifung. They looked at us like, too much, too much, too much. <laughs> Don't listen. You try some of this next time. That's the line you get. I said, no, no, no. We're doing this. <laughs> hey, let me ask you one Ding Taifung question. Do you credit Ding Taifung or other, maybe specifically like, Chinese dumpling shops as having invented the glass display box where workers are folding dumplings. I think Din Taifung is the OG. Right? right? They're, they're like LeBron James. Just thinking. You know? I so, started seeing that crop up all over the The place. reason why it wasn't, when I say it, execution, everything flawless. The reason it wasn't delicious to me is something I've talked about before. It was noticeably less salty. Mm. And I've noticed that when I was cooking in Japan, I got yelled at all the time, too salty, too salty, too salty. It took me like six months to recalibrate my palate. Because, and the funny thing is, if you're cooking in uh, the Kanto region, it's so much less salty than the Kansai region, where it's like Tokyo. Every, they make fun of Tokyo cuisine. It's all dark. It's too much soy sauce, too salty. So when you're down there screwing around, it's like, did they add any salt? Like, that's almost feels like to me. It's so light. Mm-hmm. Super, super, super light. And it, you have to take into consideration the different palates and, and flavors that people enjoy. I'm not going to use that word profile with flavor profile. I literally, in the, in the 15 years I've known you, I said it one time. <laughs> I said flavor profile. One time I said it. And um, so it was, it to me was on the, palate level of like somewhere that was very light and I thought a lot of dishes were super 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 clean and not salty just less salt for me and again this is my preference and what I'm tasting and when I'm here in America a lot of the things that I tasted again taste different to me better because it has more salt Mm -hmm. in it so that was like a big thing that I noticed Um, and that was what was happening at Din Tai Fung I was the problem Hmm. Well, it's interesting, right? I think between that and what you said about sort of you've enjoyed some of these Taiwanese dishes more in their American version. Obviously, they are sort of more adjusted for the American palate. Because the American palate is the best palate. <laughs> USA. USA. Yeah. We're, we're global superpower for a reason. This is interesting. Because we have the best palate. Not about uh, nuclear warheads. This because is, of our palate. This is interesting because I just saw I saw one of the food food rags just declared... Tainan is one of the the hot oh, next really? food destinations. Yes, yeah. but ChatGPT said that. Name me ten hot new food destinations for this piece. Um, what are they? But you, <laughs> but this <laughs> isn't just the most essential, hottest, crispiest, juiciest, must try. This is Chinese restaurants. <laughs> the Tainanesiest rest. The Tainanesiest restaurants. But this is not new, right? Like you're you've been much more in touch with food media than I have in the last uh, few years. Like Taiwan has been a thing, right? On the come up, yeah. It's a sure. it's a trend thing for sure. It makes makes me think about what you're saying. <laughs> is Taiwanese food or is Taiwanese American food like the trendy thing? I remember when like this was the thing with Sichuan when I went to Chengdu and and Chongqing for the first time. I had sort of a similar thing where I'd gotten so used to Sichuan food in America and I was so accustomed to the heat level and the numbing level. I went there and I was like, everything is so tame here. (laughs) Everything is so tame. And it's me. It's got to be me. It's got to be like, if I'm here, I'm in Sichuan province now. I can't tell you this is wrong. Were you? (laughs) (laughs) I might have just been on a soundstage somewhere. When we were filming The Ugly Delicious, I swear to God, there was wet paint on the town. And I just part these, that grandma Dude. that we were making uh, dumplings with. I was like, I never talked about this before. I was like, I think that's they just thing. made this town no. for us. There's, that's a hundred percent a real thing. When they, when we were on the, on the Yangtze river was, they're about to flood the whole thing and the water level is going to, they built a huge dam and the water level is going to rise 40 feet. They just said, there was a big timer in the middle of the town squares that said, Hey, don't be here in eight days because <laughs> this will be gone. Be in your new home that we moved up here, like the replica town we made up here. China yeah. crazy. China hey, crazy. Go, go, <laughs> going back to Sichuan and all those things, I, I'm going to give you a comp. And I want people to understand that I'm not 
This should explain it. When I was in Beijing, I was aghast at American tourists complaining, like, this isn't Chinese food. <laughs> right? And a lot of these menus, when you go to the touristy places, they're like, American menu? Here. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> Everyone else? Here. And it's all the ABC food that you would see here in America. Lo mein, General Tso's chicken, orange chicken, all that shit. And it, I mean, I saw that. I was like, huh, that's stupid. I couldn't believe Americans would say that. I realize I'm saying that right now to the salt level. Mm-hmm. I can also tell you one thing, and I've heard this from numerous people, especially very similar to Shanghai when I'm there. Not all foods, but Shanghainese food is very sweet. Mm-hmm. It's very sweet. It's very and sweet. guess what? Taiwanese food is very sweet. Mm-hmm. It is a hallmark of that culture, of that food that they make there. It, is, it takes some time for me to get used to. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's my palate. If I live there for six months, it's going to be normal. But is it okay to talk about these differences without like… You know? Yeah, I think, I think it's really interesting. I think that… I think you, you came back and you were… Really scratching your head on wrapping your head around on, on, on the food you had in Taiwan. Because it was delicious. We went to... One thing I will say is I, I got hot pot out, man. I was too much fucking hot pot. <laughs> too much hot pot. I, I, I can't. I'm, I'm, I'm a hot pot twice a year, man. <laughs> in the seven days we're there, we had seven days of hot pot. <laughs> seven different kinds of hot pot. Shaxing wine one. We, had the, we went to the Tainan... Um, Freshly slaughtered cow, where they just kill cows in the morning just for your hot pot. I I, I, I wonder. I, I'm fully with you because I've I've had similar experiences in other parts. When I went to like Yunnan province, uh, I was like, I don't want crossing the bridge noodles anymore. <laughs> <laughs> this is the ninth time I've had this in a row. I. It's very special. Very, very special. <laughs> I don't fucking want to eat it anymore, man. I've had it. But all of our hot pots were different. They were all different. Everyone was a different one. I'm like... <laughs> I sometimes feel like the, the whoever's taking you around, and you were being taken around by real real Taiwanese people, but I feel that sometimes the, the, the maybe Chinese-specific hospitality is like, Hot pot is our thing. Give them hot pot every day. New hot pot. This hot pot. This hot. Well, pot, it's this funny. Pot, this we're, hot pot. We are at the train station. We're like, hey, let's 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 eat like the best restaurant here. What do you guys think is the best restaurant? <laughs> they take us to a place where like this is the dish that everyone comes to get. I'm like, what? I didn't know what they were saying. We sit down at the table. They. I'll, I'll show you the photos later. I'll put a post online. The biggest effing bowl. Of hot pot you've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, when I say the biggest bowl, I'm legitimately, everyone can see this, the size of this table. <laughs> I mean, it was so big and deep. I was like, how many fish are in there? <laughs> it was so big. And there were only like three of us. I was like, what is happening? But see, like that's that's the only but, line but, I'm, tra- I'm trying to draw is I think that. I think it's some, it has less to do with, I bet, I bet the average Taiwanese person, I don't think we can say anything about the average Taiwanese person. They're not eating hot pot seven days in a row. But I think that whoever your, your hosts are, are like, he seems to be getting tired of hot pot. We got to give him a bigger one, a deeper one, a hotter one. <laughs> it, was, it was so big. And like, I learned also like one of the popular things now, again, according to my, my host were these very sour cabbage, mm, right? Mm-hmm. Almost like sauerkraut. And when I said, like, let's eat, like, the most thing, like, the best one, like, they took us to the most popular one, the longest queue. Everyone's eating this specific kind of hot pot that looks like pickled mustard, fish broth, Sichuan, but no mala. Mm -hmm. But I didn't know what it was. It was delicious. But I'm like, I leave the restaurant, and there's a giant banner of this dish. (laughs) 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 And I'm like... <laughs> so much hot pot. I can't get out. I can't get away from hot pot. Let me. Let me. Okay. So I'm. I'm giving. Maybe I'm giving too much credit. This is. This is. A, this is an existential question. I, I remember. <laughs> no, I'm not going to go into the Jackie Chan uh, autobiography I read. I'll, I'll. I'll come from a different angle. Do you think that we as Americans, like speaking of American palates, we're just more used to variety, or more, or more. Ex, we have more expectation that every meal of the day will be something different. No, we don't eat the I, same thing I every think day. It's. it's it's the same thing. It, 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 there's so much variety in Taiwanese food. I'm hard. I'm not even a fucking novice in understanding it. But 
I would say they probably say the same thing about American films. Like everything's a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if you were hosting, if you were hosting your Taiwanese friends, you wouldn't be like day seven, the biggest sandwich yet. <laughs> <laughs> Could be, you know. It's funny because like when we were in China again filming, and the chefs there were just mad shit talking Americans <laughs> and American chefs. Everything's so crunchy. <laughs> And salty and yeah. fatty. That's real. That's real. I, 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 I almost shit my pants and laughter because <laughs> I was like, it's the same thing we said. You know, it's like bizarro world. Yeah. Everything yeah. is cartilagey and, mm-hmm. and soft and chewy. <laughs> Everything's QQ. Come on. Use another letter. But do you, isn't it, this is the hallmark of American food though, where I can eat. Korean for breakfast, Mexican for lunch, and Chinese for dinner. And I kind of have that expectation. It's why I cannot live anywhere else. Maybe London. Maybe. 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 Maybe, Maybe London. Maybe. I think you'd start to miss certain things in London yeah, pretty fast. But like, I can't. And again, you know, it's ignorance is bliss. If I lived in a place where, you know, hot pot, or like any, I had no other choice. Oh, I wanted to say one thing. Totally different. <laughs> I'm sorry. Before I forget. There is so much variety there. Pizza Hut. What am I sure to do pizza Oh my menu? God. We have to do something with this on. We, we, have to, we have to do this where we can show people this menu though. We, we, yeah, I think we can it work it out. Pizza Hut. Insane. I, I, ah, wow. It's amazing. Chang came back basically straight off the plane into, <laughs> came straight into the office and was like, yeah. Look up the Pizza Hut Taiwan menu right now. <laughs> and I, I implore you all at home to go to, what is it? It's like pizzahut.com.tw or something. I, there's so much I love about Taiwan. Like just the littlest thing. When you go to the convenience stores, they don't give you a bag. They'll give you something that looks like a, like a fishnet stocking, but then like it transforms into a bag, all the shit. It's so cool. But like next door to the seven, because I love convenience stores. I love all Asian country convenience stores and the offerings they have. And you know, the, Again, you get to see in the convenience store, you know, Little Meg said the, the I think this is the most, most wisdom anyone said about food culture in general. Mm-hmm. You can judge a culture's cuisine by the convenience store food. And there was a lot of Taiwanese noodles, but a lot of black pepper beef and things like, and, and noodle soups. Very, very Taiwanese. But the thing that I thought was uniquely different, though, a lot of these 7-Elevens and in, uh, uh, um, there's a Hi-Fi was a convenience store are like weirdly located near to 7-Eleven um, Pizza Hut. So I, one day I was like, you know what? I got to, I just, just was craving pizza. I was like, I need pizza. So I walked into the pizza. It's very tiny. Because I saw a bunch of these, again, like these, these bags that just transform. Like, it's amazing. I don't even know what these bags are. <laughs> they look like a piece of paper and they're like, and they just, everything is held in this thing. Anyway, I walk into the Taiwanese Pizza Hut and I must have been there for 15 minutes just looking at the menu like a lunatic. Because I was, I froze. I didn't know what to order. The menu was so overwhelming. It was the most overwhelmed I've ever been in my life. The the most the most quote unquote normal, the most recognizable pizza on the menu. The only one is a Hawaiian pizza. <laughs> like I the- didn't know how to order. Like so, what I thought I could do is just point to a pepperoni pizza or something like that. There was one with octopus and natto on it, and I didn't... I'm looking at the Sakura Mankai Natto Seafood Bowl there pizza. Go. There you go. I'm looking at a heart-shaped one yep. that is covered... In salmon. Covered in... Salmon in rose. A rosé. They make a rosé of sa- rose of salmon. Another one that look is just covered in squid. Just covered in squid. And I really wanted to order this and eat it because, like, this is the kind of mix of stuff I love. But I got so scared. I didn't know what to do. I just walked out. I spent 15 minutes and I had to like leave. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> you know what I said? Lo <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, man. My language brain. It's the thing that I told you. Like the, the there's, they all come from the same part of your brain where you just, you have a foreign language. But I didn't even say lo siento. I said lo siento way. <laughs> like Puebla, like Puebla people speak. The, 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 I said crazy. lo siento way. <laughs> the last one I want to describe, and people should look at this for themselves. I'm just looking at this pizza. 
that has all along the perimeter of the pizza are are dumplings. <laughs> and then inside, yeah, the instead next, of a stuffed crust pizza, the crust is dumpling. Yes. And yeah, then, and then I, the, I wanted to order that. The next concentric <laughs> circle in is just little mullet row, like mentaiko sacks. And then there's some cheese. And then the center is a bunch of abalone. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, it's the most amazing menu. I was blown away by the sheer variety and the fact that many people were like, yeah, it's awesome. And I was like, God, but like, I didn't know how to tell my, my host, like, can we go to pizza? Hut? (laughs) (laughs) I really want to honestly, what would happen? What would happen? I've been in that exact scenario where you say something to somebody either in China or Taiwan or whatever. Hey, can we try some pizza? And they say, yeah, yeah, yeah. No problem. Of course, of course, of course. We'll go for lunch. And then you see, you drive past the pizza hut and you wind up at another hot pot restaurant where they're <laughs> serving some kind of pizza hot pot. It's <laughs> like, no, I said pizza hut. <laughs> so much, there's so much to talk about. I don't know how we could discuss it all, but the two things I will say was, uh, was really not, um, like occupying my brain for several days was trying to figure out the influences of everything. And I think Taiwan is truly unique mixture. Oftentimes that mixture was enforced Mm -hmm. against their will of China, but I'm going to say more Shanghainese food, Japanese, Hakka, the native people's Mm -hmm. cuisine of Taiwan and American. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it's something different. If it's you, almost like when I was in Milan, you know, right. I love Milanese food because of the same reason why I like Taiwan. It's, you can't find this anywhere. Yeah. Do you see it as a place? I mean, you, you know, you talk about the Caribbean and, and places where those kind of influences end up being the seams disappear. Do you think the seams will ever disappear in a place like Taiwan? I don't know. I mean, I got to spend more time there. Um, I mean, I'm certainly planning on it, but that was something that I would love to dig deeper into um, and the other thing that I was completely puzzled by was the quality of produce is like crazy. Crazy good? Crazy good. Really? Crazy good. Like crazy, crazy good. I wonder what that's about. I and I was like, what, what is the reason why the produce here is like so good? So, so good. Really? Yeah. Secondly, how come all the meat is so cheap? <laughs> <laughs> like you can get those train bento boxes with a chicken thigh. I mean, man. God bless Taiwan. They're like, fuck you, white meat. Where's, I, didn't see, <laughs> I didn't see any white meat at all in that country. It is a beautiful thing. Only dark meat everywhere you go. <laughs> if, anybody, if anybody has an answer to the, the supply chain of Taiwan, I would like to know this thing. I'm sure it's something crazy. I'm sure was, there's some it's crazy It's so answer. cheap. And I was like, I can, there's like a two bucks. And I had, you can eat so well cheaply in Taiwan. Hmm. But I don't know why it's so cheap. Cost of living, I think, is cheaper there. Hmm. But, you know, it's amazing. You'll figure it out. I think I might have an economist, a reporter as a senior reporter for The Economist living in Taiwan. Maybe I'll ask her. How do you... Sometimes I forget that Chris is actually a smart nerd. <laughs> <laughs> He's got all these forget. friends that are distinguished. <laughs> and this Morton. guy stuck with me. <laughs> all right, we'll take a break. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Vital Farms. No matter how you like your eggs scrambled over easy or sunny side up, the people at Vital Farms believe in one thing, keeping it bullshit free. That's why their pasture-raised eggs come from hens who each have over 108 square feet of space to roam and forage all year round. So you can spend less time questioning your food and more time enjoying it. Look for Vital Farms in your grocery store and learn more at vitalfarms.com. Vital Farms, keeping it bullshit free. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. 
Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. I was asked this question um, recently. Someone made a, like a, it was like a sort of a game with some friends. Like, who's the most famous person in your phone? Mm. I was like, huh. It's funny. Some of the answers you can get. Mm -hmm, Even mm -hmm. people you would never think that they would have this. They have access to somebody. You're like, whoa, Mm -hmm, that's mm -hmm. totally crazy. You? What? (laughs) And I thought, maybe a fun game to play is, who's the most famous person you've cooked for? Mm. Or you've or like the coolest person you've cooked for. And if you haven't been in the kitchen as a cook and done that, who's the most famous or coolest person you've seen while eating in the same restaurant? Um well, I'll just I can I can just throw mine out there because I'm sure you've got cooler ones, but I uh I remember Oh, was I working? I might have been I working. saw Noam Chomsky. <laughs> It's <laughs> a very young answer, actually. At the local cafe. And he ordered a macchiato. Are you familiar with the experimental poet Robert Coover? <laughs> I was, I, I cooked for, I cooked or served. Well, I think I was working front of house. I, I, I had to debone a fish for Richard Gere. Fresh off the gerbil, gerbil <laughs> uh, 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 incident. And then... Can I just one aside for Richard Gere? One of the worst food movies of all time. And also one of the funniest movies you'll ever fucking see. Autumn in New York. I've never seen this. Oh. What is this? It's He's a, a restaurateur. No. And Winona Ryder's in it. It's so funny. Uh, <laughs> it's, most people wouldn't. Autumn in New York. You've seen all of these like rom-com things. Dude. Dude. <laughs> yeah. What in the world? Yeah. <laughs> I know. Uh, Richard Gere, probably most famous. Uh, I think he's with like the director, Anthony Minghella. And then I was sitting in... Um, Oh my God! What is the what is the what is the Japanese restaurant here where they do the, the old aged seafoods and little David Schlosser's restaurant? What's it called? Shibumi. Shibumi. I, I this was this was a mad respect moment for me just as a diner. Neil Patrick Harris dining solo at the counter, just eating up a bunch of cured seafood. He's a good reading diner. a script. He man. knows his stuff. Very 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 legit. Doogie Hauser's legit solo counter diner. I was like, mad respect. We have uh, co-produced a show together. That's right. Drag Me to Dinner coming out. Just Are we allowed to recently. talk about that? It, just, it was announced the other day. Oh, okay, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Those are mine. Those are mine. What about you? Uh, I wouldn't say, I didn't eat with them, but it was at the Palm in West Hollywood back in, I think I was like 20 years old. I used to go to these steakhouses because they'd still serve me alcohol. Um, and Nick Cage, Nicholas Cage, and his wife at the time, Alice Kim, and their child, Kal-El Cage. And when he was a little baby. Kal-El from Superman? His, name is Cal, his son's name Cal-El. is Kal-El. Like wow. Superman? Um, yeah. yeah. That's cool. So he's like holding him like a, like a football. And I go in the bathroom. And this is like the Twilight Zone moment where, um, you know, I take the long, the long side stall, like all the way at the end. It's like, we're fellas here, right? We got that, that kind of etiquette of like, we got the stalls laid out. You're not going to go for the middle. You go for the end. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> comes up right next to me. Right. Like there's, sure. he could have chosen any stall. So I looked to my right. So I'm like, is it Mike Tyson? <laughs> <laughs> and then he kind of turns, looks at me, he said, "What's up?" And I'm like, "Hey, champ." You know, like, <laughs> so I'm, I'm gonna wrap up and like get the fuck out of here. And then wow. I see him turn his face, and I see the tattoo. I'm like, it is Mike Tyson. I'm like, yeah, hey, what's up? That's, that's, a, that's impressive, man. You, you got, you got a Nick Cage, Cal L Cage, and Mike Tyson in one, all one night. Palm West Hollywood. Best stories you've ever had. (laughs) (laughs) What you got? I got a lot. I got a lot. The first famous person I ever saw in my life was at um, Snake River Girl in Jackson Hole. I was 21. And I saw Minnie Driver dating. uh, She was dating uh, Josh Brolin. What? In 1999. Wow. Yeah. August 5th, 1999. I remember that. I was like, whoa. How about them apples? <laughs> <laughs> so that was that's as wild. like a diner. And like I've cooked private dinners with a lot of the famous people you would probably think about or musicians. Um, but when I was a cook, Lou Reed and David Bowie were dining at Kraft the same night with Iman and um, 
Lonnie Anderson, but they were not uh, Lonnie or Lori. What was his wife's name? Pardon Lonnie is Lonnie. Lonnie. It's Lori. 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 Lonnie was from the TV show. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Look at Corey on the quick Corey, thank you. Amazing. And I was so bummed that they didn't even talk to each other. Oh, really? But Iman was gorgeous. That's wow. a crazy fucking. Dude. Wait, there was, wait, wait. I could be wrong, but like I kept on asking the server. I never asked him. Like, are they? Are they like? But they were, they, were, they were all in the restaurant together. But so who sitting was... separate tables. Wow. Yeah. That's a fucking crazy I scene. Am. And I'll remember another one when Craft um, was just sort of like a central place to be, I guess, at that time. As a kid, I had the biggest crush because all my brothers were older and they had all the SI swimsuit models everywhere. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm never going to meet one. And I remember coming outside, lift, like I had to take something to Grand Tavern and come back. And you know who I bumped into? Paulina Porskova. Shut up. And Rick Ocasek. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I know you. <laughs> That's crazy. I like, ah. <laughs> and I remember thinking like Rick Ocasek, I was looking, I was like, fuck, man, that guy looks like Howard Stern. Like, if I could only sing. <laughs> I mean, rest in peace, Rick Ocasek, but like, dude. Yeah. Well, I wait, mean, well, that guy wait. should give hope to all men on this world. On this With planet. Paulina Porzakova. Oh, my I mean, God. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you've cooked for so many, though. I cooked for a lot. Point. I remember the coolest one when I was cooking at Mercer. There were so many fucking celebrities there. I mean, Heather Graham. I was just, that was like right after Boogie Nights. And I was just like, oh, my God, that's Heather Graham. <laughs> like, I almost cut my thumb off. <laughs> just looking. That's uh, the problem with an open kitchen, too, is when you're like, What's happening over there? And then Harrison Ford came by because there's a submerser at Mercer Hotel. And I remember he came through and he was watching me like make a salad. And I kept on looking at his earring. <laughs> I didn't even know that Harrison Ford had an earring. I There are a few people who are bigger fans of Harrison Ford. But, but me? Yeah. but I, I, was like, <laughs> I just was so happy that there, I made Harrison Ford's food. There are, few, there are a few people on this earth that are... More against Harrison Ford having that hearing than I am. I don't like it, Harrison Ford. Indy. I, 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 again, like a lot of people. Um, I mean, Monica Lewinsky's food. What? Yeah. Where? At, at the Mercer Hotel. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, but this is, none of this is even at Momo. Like this is, so I think these are interesting because these are pre, pre Momo. Yeah. And uh, probably my fa- favorite uh, was Getty Lee from Rush. When he came downstairs at at craft, I was like, "Wow, <laughs> there's Kitty Lee in the flesh." I love these because these are when you were just a you were just like a bright eyed cook looking and, out there. And like the first person I I um, the very very first person I cooked for that was really famous at um, <laughs> so Marco Canora had a restaurant. At uh, called La Cucina on the vineyard. Mm-hmm. Maggie Gyllenhaal and Jake Gyllenhaal worked there in the summers. So Marco knew Jake Gyllenhaal. Remember, at that time, we're talking nine two thousand. Not one motherfucker knew who Jake Gyllenhaal was. But they were OG food people. Yeah, those two OG. And and uh, there was a movie that was coming out, and I just remember this entire day. Marco just made everyone laugh because they were like Bubble Boy. <laughs> Because the movie, he was on press tour. He's coming to New York to do the press for Bubble Boy. And we didn't know what the context was or whatever it was. It was like Super PX, Jake Gyllenhaal, Bubble Boy. <laughs> uh, this is, that's so, you know what that, that, that just stirred in me is a very recent memory. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't bring this up. As I was walking out of the KCRW Pie Festival last weekend, I was leaving the little judge's booth where I, I got snuck in there and got to eat all the pie. Jake Gyllenhaal was walking into the thing and I was like, aren't you supposed to be getting all fit for the Roadhouse movie? You're not going to get the fuck out of the pie tent. Dude. Jake knows food. He knows like, he, you know what's crazy? He wasn't there walking into the booth making a big appearance. This was like away from the crowds and he had the biggest fucking smile on his face. He was so excited to walk in and see all these pies that just random people were cooking. You know, like there's 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 celebrities who show up to food events because they want to get a little shine. They want to sell their granola bars, whatever, whatever. But he seemed genuinely excited just to be walking in 
to eat a bunch of pies. I was thinking, I was also looking up something. I, was, I remember one other thing. I remember uh, when we used to do, when you used to have the Mad Symposium when we go out to Noma. I remember you know those those couple of days when the Mad Symposium is happening in Denmark. Every single person eating at Noma is is somebody from Mad. It's it's a chef. It's it's like a crazy PX for Dave for Alain Ducasse, whoever whoever whoever. And I remember, I remember for some reason I got to look at the books for one night during Mad. And the only people, the only non-chef people eating in the restaurant for that night for the whole weekend was Maggie Gyllenhaal and Peter Skarsgård. The only people in the entire books for the entire weekend that were not a chef person. Um, so I guess, you know, my favorite couple that I've cooked for over the years, because they were just so just under the radar, always never asking for anything was John and Chrissy. Mm-hmm. Um, from basically day village, one. From day one. Um, so that's how I got to know them. Like they never asked for shit. They never asked for anything. I didn't even know who the hell they were at the time. Um, so there was, you get to know some people that are just like totally normal people mm-hmm. to the mm-hmm. point where you get to know them and, and their friends. But I've cooked for a lot of people over the years to the point where I don't even remember much, but those are the people that I do remember. Right. Right. You know, and like, <laughs> I was scared cooking for Jay-Z. <laughs> but this is the funny thing. Like, I don't want him to fucking hate this. That was the one where I was like, of all the people I've ever cooked for, it's like, I hope he likes it. Right. <laughs> no, because I think that that's real. I, I, I would be the most scared for Jay-Z. Like, like, of is all it. the people I've ever cooked for, I've cooked for the president. Like, <laughs> I, I was like, the one person I wanted approval was, I want fucking Jay-Z to like this. I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> I think well, what's funny, though, is in recent years, as like the celebrity, as the newer generation of celebrities crops up from time to time, you're always, people will say to you from the restaurants, so-and-so is here tonight. And you have to be, you say, who? Yeah. <laughs> They're just like the biggest names. That's like, exactly what happened with Olivia Rodrigo. They were like, everyone's, because you know, the email was like, this is not like early in. Olivia Rodrigo. This is like three like months ago. Yeah, three months of six months or whatever it was. Olivia Rodrigo. <laughs> and like everyone, not everybody, people were asking, hey, isn't that cool? Olivia Rodrigo came to Noodle Bar. I'm like, who is she? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Lord, dude. And I was like, I don't know who she is. Not in, not in a, no, not in a snotty yeah, way. And they were like, no, driver, like, they were like <laughs> driver's license or whatever. I was like, what the fuck? Because then he goes, then he goes in, looks at him, he listens to the music. And he's like, oh shit. <laughs> this is like a big deal. I didn't know that. Yeah. There's a lot of where they've come in. I was like, I have no fucking idea. Who yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, we'll take a break. I think what I want to do, <laughs> this is so different than the pod we just recorded, which was us opining nonsensically about uh, IP trademark infringement. <laughs> but uh, um, I want to figure out if I can remember them, some stories that are always funny. And I want to like if I can remember specifically stories of being in the weeds. Mm-hmm. I want to start to remember them. And also, I think it would be funny when we have chefs that come on, if they can tell us a story of the worst time they have ever been in the weeds. And for those that don't know, being in the weeds is what you are <laughs> in the weeds when the tickets and orders are coming faster than you can keep up with. You are running out of shit. It's when you are in the shit. You're drowning. You're drowning. Time has stopped. <laughs> you, nothing is advancing. Everything is going wrong at the same time. Your food, your supplies are running low. Your orders are piling up. Everyone around you it is feels, waiting for it you. It literally feels like you're dying. Like yeah. the world, one of the worst feelings. Again, we've talked about it a lot over the years. One of the best feelings is intentionally getting in the weeds and the shits and like, because you're bored and like, I can get out of it. But there are times where there's nothing you can do and it's a death spiral. It's like you're in quicksand and you just, you're dead. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? There's a lot of times I've been in the weeds. A lot of memorable ones. There's one that is clearly at the top for me. Hmm. And I think it was 2012, 13, 14, something like that. I was doing a dinner in Aspen uh, for food and wine. And it's the first time I'm going to be part of food and wine festival in like 10 years. Um, this is the reason why, one of the reasons why I stopped going. Mm-hmm. I was so pissed. We were doing a dinner. This goes against everything I ever tried to do. I never wanted to do it, but they did some big award thing. Like, I couldn't say no. Um, 
dinner at the top of the mountain in Aspen. And Aspen's a high elevation, number one. <sighs> so it was like, it was set up and um, I think Vetri was there, but all I remember was like, I was low person on the totem pole. It was Danielle Balud and Thomas Keller. I was told in terms of the parameters, you can only have one person from uh, the resort or the area to help you out. And this was our budget. It was X amount of dollars. And all these people were going to come in, 300, 400 people. I don't know. This was, again, poor planning across the board. All on me. We did roasted leg of lamb, olive and We were doing sliced country hams. We were doing flatbed bings uh, to order as well. <laughs> what? Doesn't even make any sense. Now I think about it, I was like, what was that? It's like, what? Oh, when you look back at an old yearbook, you're like, what kind of outfit was I wearing? <laughs> you know, it made sense at the time because like it was a big, high profile event. And I, we were giving um, the entree, right? It was also one of those things where you go, you get food, and then you leave. Mm-hmm. But the person organizing this was like, the older guys, Keller, Danielle, they were, I was like, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever you don't want to do, like I get, I didn't know what happened, but I feel like I got a little mis- misinformation. Like they were like hazing me a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cause you were told one person, 300, 400 people. And that this was our budget budget. Right? We, so like, oh, like, oh, that's why we got Lego lamb and we could get a lot and cost effective and, Country ham, like one ham, we could serve 300 people. It was all about maximizing certain things. I don't know this story, but I know exactly where it's going. Go ahead. And I, we had some kind of bread. I can't remember. Not a surprise. During the, the actual event, dumb dumb me miscalculates the, the elevation and rising of the bread. So that's like doesn't work out so well. Um, we should have. For somebody that prides himself on sandbagging, we were like, not doing that. And slicing ham is difficult mm-hmm. to do to order. Mm-hmm. Really, really hard. We had a slicer too, not a ham. We had a slicer and that was still, still really hard. We had like a nice, one of these Italian, you know, or it was a preserver, I can't remember. Anyway, we're set, set up, but we lost number one on the, the setup. We were the front line. At the end, when people entered. So there was no first course, second course, dessert, whatever. It was, we were the pawns. We were like the front wave just getting pumped. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't 300, 400. It wound up being like 800, 900. Oh my God, dude. And I saw this line and I shit my pants because I was like, we are so not ready for this. Oh my God. They, the information I got was totally wrong. Wait, worst feeling in the world, <laughs> right? You're standing there and you're like, I'm looking at the line. I'm like, there's no way. <laughs> We're not even going to get through the first third of that. Right. There's no way. We are totally fucked. Right. And then we're just going to be an empty booth that has my name on it. No food. <laughs> I, I don't even know what's going on. I'm like, uh, I, I, I was like, what do we do? What do we do? Mm. We, we're, we clearly chose all everything that was the slicer machine breaks, the fucking, you know, <laughs> the, the, like things aren't going right with a charcoal grill. The bread's not getting cooked properly. Everything's a mess. Everything that can go wrong will go wrong. And it does. And I'm like, oh my God. Even before, let me back up a little bit. When we start setting up, I look. I look over at Thomas Keller. It's like... <laughs> full battalion, right? Full battalion. <laughs> <laughs> I've been like, I'm friends with all the chefs there at the time too that work in there. I see Corey. I see all these people there. And I'm like, oh my God. This guy brought in like the all-star... <laughs> Thomas Keller team. Uh-huh. Every single one of these people is a fucking superstar. And I was like, what are they setting up on these risers? Right? Like, what the fuck is that? I'm looking from this. I'm directly across from them. We, ours looks like we're a, like <laughs> some kind of emergency food shelter. 
right? Yeah. With plastic tables you that gotta, were putting you gotta, cu- like curtains over. You got over a banana it. stand over <laughs> here. And you're looking across. And I'm looking over and I'm like, <sighs> he's got like 10 French laundry alumni all stars. And all of these people now setting up these risers. So like they're like, um, like bleachers. Mm-hmm. But so they set up a table and then another one behind it that was higher up and another one behind that that was higher up. <laughs> so three levels. You know what they put on these, these benches? Mm. Giant rectangle ice blocks. <laughs> it was what? like from the size of this room. It was like, you know, say three by 10 feet by three feet. <laughs> that was, you were like, that wasn't on the mise en place. We like, <laughs> well, didn't get the order. <laughs> yet. I was like, tree sets. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is going on over there? And like, so they had it set up where you had three giant blocks of ice. It was so swanye. And all of these people, the cooks, were making like, like a Cold Stone Creamery, all a minute flinging crudos. Get the fuck out of here. And shellfish. Just to like people coming of, in. So you could you like get it and like see the whole thing. Holy shit. And I'm like, and I'm like starting to count all the fucking chefs that are there. And listen, to TK's credit, it may not have been his fault because maybe he did only get one cook, hmm. but there were a lot of people in Aspen that are local cooks. that were like, look at what these motherfuckers are cooking and look at what they're cooking. <laughs> <laughs> I, want, I want to help him. Do I want to drown with the olive and new bread? <laughs> I want to volunteer to help Thomas Keller's shit. So not only does he have like 10 alumni that he sort of, I'm sure maybe paid or maybe he didn't, who knows? Mm-hmm. Cause he mm-hmm. was like one of the, who knows? I'll never know. No conspiracy theory here. <laughs> <laughs> and like, maybe like a whole brigade of the hotel cooks from Aspen. It's like 20 fucking people. There's three of us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One of which isn't even a cook. <laughs> right? And I was looking at this and I'm like, oh my God, I'm bringing a pistol to, like, a knife to gunfight here. (laughs) What the fuck is going on? Right. It was beautiful. And then I look to my right, because they, like, they moved away the curtains, and I see Danielle Ballou set up. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, did he bring that dude from Paris, like, the famous charcuterie dude? (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, talk about a ringer. I'm like, holy shit. He brought the LeBron James of charcuterie. (laughs) What the fuck is going on? Uh, and he set it up like it was like a hedgerow maze, but it wasn't. It was a bread and cheese, and it was just a cornucopia maze of all super delicious shit. Duck rillettes and ham, like everything. Pâtés galore. <laughs> like you would just walk through it and you would see people's like tiny plates God, just dude. breaking because it was full of fucking awesome shit. <laughs> Just the bounty, and just I'm laid like, down by the bounty. He's got enough space where, he like, you you know, people can literally like get lost in uh-huh. a sea of shit. And then there's us. <laughs> <laughs> so we were used as fucking security guards to just like buffer everybody. So like, no matter what happened, we're getting screwed, and we soften everybody up. So by the time they can leisurely right. hit everything else. So once they pass your station and get to TK, they're like, oh, thank God, you do not know what was going yes. on. Over there. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad we finally made it over here. <laughs> we literally, look, we could not have looked worse, right? It was so, so I bad mean, you compared to the, like, what was happening over there. And I didn't know. We were, th- we were just going by the letter of the law, what was possible. You know, here are the tables that we're going to offer you. Okay, we'll take those things. Right. Everyone's bringing their own shit. Right. Of course, on the organizing side, they're, they're, they're thinking to themselves, whoa, David Chang didn't push back on anything. I guess he just, okay. I mean, we had to import that ice from Greenland for Thomas Keller. I, I guess it's fine. I guess it'll be okay. So you can tell this all uh, with a sense of humor now. How pissed were you then? We all cried. <laughs> the three of us, we all legitimately cried. Jesus fucking Christ. And uh, <laughs> I was so mad at what was happening because everything, we ran out of food. We were just, things weren't working. I threw a country ham through a window. (laughs) It wasn't a window. It was like a, we're behind like a kitchen and I just like chucked it through 
because I was like, the, the machine wasn't working. I was like, what's the point? What you <laughs> A couple of episodes ago, you talked about how you like to say things, combinations of words that nobody's ever said before, <laughs> make foods, dishes that no one's ever tried before. I think that nobody's ever thrown a... a, a I didn't throw a, I, more like <laughs> tossed it. I'm more like tossed it through the window. And it wasn't a window. It was like a pass to the kitchen. But nobody was there. I just threw it into the trash can. You know? <laughs> I, I just like lobbed it like it was a basketball into the trash can. But it looked crazy. <laughs> it totally looked crazy. Oh, my God. And then, and then um, I'll, I'll never forget. We're all like just destroyed. It's winding down. And then TK comes and he takes some, he starts eating some of our stuff while we're sitting down. We, I, we don't even get up. And he's like, mm, good job. Tastes great. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucked up, man. That's fucked up. It was, there were like, it, I've never been in the weeds like that where they were like, supposedly 300, but it seems like there were 600 to 800 people that showed up cooking at elevation. And then usually like, there's like people to commiserate in your misery. No. No. We, we were set up as the like the patsy man, mm-hmm. and and just didn't end. It was brutal. Coming over and taking that last taste might have been the coldest move of all. <laughs> so cold. That's the Steve Smith. I want to like, say I'm gaslighting myself, but like no, I was like that 100 happened. It was like a bravo move to him. <laughs> oh my god, man! Oh yeah. my god, that's ne- that's not even the weeds. That's not even the weeds, man. <laughs> it just didn't stop because usually if you're cooking on your own home turf. You, you have the ability to like stop the spiraling out of control. But when you're on your own, you're on elevation, you're not even in, you're like in a ballroom. You know what I mean? Like there's nothing you can do and people are coming there expecting. This is going to be one of the best meals of the whole weekend. Mm-hmm. They're high expectation. Every single person that comes there is like a mad foodie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was like, mm-hmm. That was it. That's why I've never been back to Aspen until this year. I'm coming back. <laughs> I don't think you are. <laughs> no cooking. No cooking. Uh, that's insane, man. I've never heard a weed story of that level. That's insane. There's been a lot of weed stories, but that's the one that I always think about as like the most pain, maximum pain, maximum uh, disapproval from everyone else mm-hmm. about what we were serving. Everything that could go wrong went wrong, and the duration was three hours of just hell. Yeah. I uh, I love this bit. I want to hear other chefs come in and talk that wars weed story. This is too fucking funny. This is the be- I mean, this is the shit you'd miss from a kitchen though. Too is just sh- this kind of shit. This that is you when talk you talk about. over beers. Be yeah. like, you think that was bad? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, give us five stars and uh, yeah, that's it. We'll talk to you soon.